Um, so don't make you laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I might overdub my laughter. I might just overdub <laughs> an old laugh from an old episode where I should be laughing. <laughs> so, but just like <laughs> hold yeah, it in. I'm going to have to hold in the laughter because of my hernia and just, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't. I can't watch any comedy movies, mate. Can't watch any uh, comedies. Right. Shall we? Yeah, why not? Where's that music? In this week's special episode, Dave and I head out on location to London's single malt distillery of Bimba. Yes, yes, yes. We finally had our first outing. We went for a distillery tour, a tasting session, and we got an interview with Bimba's own Matt Mackay. And as always, you can follow us on all our social media platforms at Whiskey and Things Podcast on Instagram and at Whiskey and Things on Facebook and Twitter. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe on whatever your podcast platform is. Any of them. Doesn't matter. All of them. Yeah. Even Amazon now. Even Amazon. Amazon. Oh yeah, Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. New. All brand new. You're listening to the Whiskey and Things Podcast with Dave Giles and Nick Kent. <laughs> How do we start this? <laughs> I don't know. I usually do it. I know, but I've d- I do it slightly different on the other one, don't I? I've got I'm getting oh, of confused. Of course, yeah, getting confused. I'll start um, then. Seeing as Dave is uh, out of practice of doing his whiskey show. Good evening, afternoon, or morning, if you're that type of person, to the Whiskey and Things podcast. All right, Jim Kerry. I am Nick Kent, and I am Dave Giles. It's good to be back. Episode twenty-seven. Yes, I know, uh, right? I know. Yeah. So we've we've had a couple of weeks where we. We've not been doing this. No. Because the, the live show was obviously pre-recorded a couple of months back. And then uh, last week we had our first special reserve show because Nick has been uh, uh, recuperating from my, from, uh, my uh, dong replacement. I heard the uh, walrus dong was pretty long. So I've yeah. had the, the walrus dong um, uh, <laughs> attached. <laughs> All oh. the aubergine emojis. All the aubergines. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it does that too. Yeah. I've had a hernia operation, everyone. And uh, yeah, it does weird things down there. So so we're, we're back. Yeah, we're um, back. I'm coming to you live from uh, the Garden of England in my parents' guest room this week, which is lovely. Bit of a different uh, setting for me. This, this but, week, uh, Nicholas is certainly Mr. Nicholas County of Kent. Yes. <laughs> Definitely am. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been up to, Dave, apart from stealing my jokes for your other podcast? Oh, your, your jokes are coming in handy. They're coming Left, out. right and centre, mate. You need to keep giving me them. You need to... I know. I am the Sorry. comedy writer for Space and Things, everyone. He Don't is. Any, anytime, anytime I am remotely funny in my other podcast, it's because Nick's normally texts text me beforehand <laughs> or in, in, a, in a FaceTime, <laughs> dropped an absolute... Amazing joke, which I've then gone all right in that down. Yeah, you got to tell much. them right. You told the uh, New Zealand one wrong, by the way. You said uh, New Zealand's on the edge of the earth when it's not. It's on the underneath of the earth, Dave. <laughs> you sound like a flat earther when you say the edge of the earth. Well, are you a flat earther, Dave? Are you? Are you a flat earther? Well, that that was my spin on the joke. I thought I'd give it my own spin, Nick. Oh, my own little spin, uh, and it worked. So I don't, I don't <laughs> mind really. Don't mind. Fine. Anyway, how how are you, Nicholas? Uh, post op, post op, fun and games, or is it not fun and games? Are you bored out of your mind? No, I'm all right. I'm all right. Slowly uh, getting back on my feet, and it's not too bad. It only takes about a week to be able to recover where you can actually go out. Um, yeah, but that's all good. I was able to drink whiskey last night, so we're fine. nice. We're fine. Nice, nice, we nice. We are fine. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's our brief catch up done. Uh, I, I don't need to know any more about your life. Shall we? Shall we no. just crack on no with the does. show, Nicholas? Should we crack on. It's a good one today. Let's let's just crack on. <laughs> Whiskey bots roll out. Talking of saying crack on, mate. I, in the first episode of Space and Things, I said it so many times. I actually got a tweet from someone I didn't know saying saying it's time we crack on. I'm like, oh god, wow. So I've been really con- self conscious of saying that. Oh, so that's since. your that's your basically, is it? Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dave, crack on, Giles. <laughs> Get the crack on. What's the crack, Dave? You know, all of the above. All of the above. Oh, I saw something about a crack on. And I yeah. was just—I thought it had something to do with your ass for some reason. No, no, that was that was me getting abused for That's saying just, crack on too much. Right? Okay. That's just seventeen years of me knowing you. I just assumed yeah. it was something to do with your ass. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, excellent. So before Nicholas had his operation, we had a day out together. It was an outing. First whiskey and things outing. It was God, amazing. We, well, God. We went really far away, didn't we, Dave? Yeah, miles well. away. Well, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, the fact, yeah, it was a long way from where I live. So a bit of backstory. Um, I live in Acton in West London. Uh, not many people have heard of it, but it is quite a big part of London. Uh, and Nick used to live here as well until only last year, uh, or maybe no, actually a bit longer ago than that, wasn't it? Anyway, two, he lived here for a long, a long time. Uh, and this is where we lived when we used to do the old YouTube show, so on and so forth. When we started this podcast, I started following various whiskey sites on Instagram and someone posted about a London whiskey called Bimba. And I was like, a London whiskey? I've never heard of a London whiskey before. So alas, uh, I did some research and I had a look up at this little place called Bimba and it turns out that their distillery was in Acton. Could not believe it. Could not believe it. I then panicked that we had actually spent years living here and not known as a distillery literally half a mile away. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got in contact and asked if we could come and do a, do a little tour. Uh, and they very politely said, yes. So uh, we found a date and we went down there. We did. This week's distillery. This week's distillery. Oh, yes. This is Bimba. Oh, yes. Of London. Or of Park Royal, but uh, it's it's North Acton, Dave, isn't it? We know it's, it's North def- Acton. It's definitely, yeah, definitely. We used to North, uh, re- rehearse around the corner from it. So, uh, yeah, we were invited down by Matt and Luke from Bimba um, to have a little tour around. And Matt was nice enough to sit down and have a little chat with us as well afterwards. Yeah, I mean, this was such a great day out. So picture the scene. Are we doing the picture the scene stuff, Nick, or or is that included? It's not included, is it? Um, well, I'm going to I'm going to do a bit of a... Uh, Roundup of the company of our experience, okay. yeah. Before, we, before all right, we okay. I'll leave to it to you then. I'll leave okay. it to you. All right, all right, all right. Little background on Bimba then. Um, they've only been distilling for about four years. They only launched their first single malt a year ago. We did a little post about it. Dave took the piss out of me because it's the only time I've ever done any social media. Um, they, for this, this, yeah, for this podcast, it is outrageous. Couldn't believe it. Anyway, also that very fact there, Nicholas, did make me feel better about the fact that I didn't know about it. Yeah, the fact that they only released their first whiskey a year ago made me feel like, oh, at least all those years of you living here, you yes. weren't missing out on a on a decent distillery down the totally, road. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, their heritage is Polish, founded mm. by their master distiller Darius Plazowski and his wife. 
His family have actually been producing moonshine for three generations over in Poland. And that's actually where they get their name from. Bimba means moonshine in Polish. And uh, Matt Mackay will be elaborating on that later on in the interview. They actually handed us a glass of their new make when we arrived as well, which of course is the moonshine. And uh, that's well worth the trip on its own, in my opinion. Ah, and what did we wonderful. do, Dave? What did we do? <laughs> we necked it. <laughs> we necked it. <laughs> I think I was just under pressure. I don't know. I had a good sniff of it and stuff, but we just necked it. And what was it? 63, 65%? They didn't worth. tell us that at the start, did they? They just handed us a lovely glass. <laughs> it looked like a glass of water. Of their new make. Dave um, went down the hatch and for some reason I just felt obliged to follow him. <laughs> Mate, it's like it was Jameson. When in Rome. This was when in Rome. <laughs> Mate, we just necked the thing. It was oh, gorgeous, though. Me. It yes, was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. Um, yeah, it was. It did blow our heads off, though, did it? It was delicious. No. It was smooth, even though it was full very, strength. Very you know, fruity. This hadn't even been aged, so the ABV hadn't even come down in the casks yet. This was fresh, fresh yeah. out of the uh, out the out the stills. Out of the stills. Now they're still, I mean, it's all there. They pride themselves on having a very hands-on approach. Everything's under one roof there. Um, they used to distill gins and vodkas, um, but now they only make single malts. Um, the barley comes from Basingstoke from one farm, that's in Hampshire, and they process the barley a little differently. Instead of milling the barley, they just crack open the husk, um, preserving the whole kernel, which is a bit different to uh, everyone else. Um, it's such a great place. They've got seven huge American oak washbacks in there, Dave. Haven't they? So that's what I got to stick my head in. What's a washback? That's where the mixture ferments. That's where they add the yeast. That's where the alcohol is made. Is that what the mash, is that mash or is the mash what comes out of that? No, mash is what goes in there. After the mash, been in the mash tun. Right. um, They added the water to the kernels, you know, to the barley. After that, it goes in there and they add the yeast and that's where the alcohol is made. And that's where that smell, yeah. I didn't know that's what they were called. Yeah. Washbacks. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, they are they're these big wooden things. They look like massive barrels, essentially, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they are, yeah. Same uh, thing. And, right? and you pointed out at the time that you're not used to seeing them stand so high, and, and that's because normally they go underground a little bit. Is that right? Yeah, usually there's a platform kind of high up, basically a floor, which is suspended above, you know, so you can basically just look into it without a ladder. That's usually right, okay. how distilleries are, uh, are done. Um, but yeah, yeah but another thing they do, because they kind of, um, later on, we'll be talking about the fruity nature of their whiskey. The reasons for that are, one, the full kernel we're talking about um, with the barley, but also they ferment for seven days, which is twice as long as normal, or, you know, in Scotland. Um, the, usually the minimum is 48 hours, but some do 60 plus hours. Seven days, Dave, it's 168 hours. Maths. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, I did yeah. put that into a calculator earlier. Oh, I'm very, I'm very proud of you. Very proud thanks, of your. Thanks, mate. Your, your, so yeah, that's um, where they uh, they kind of get their fruitier flavour from. What else was beautiful, Dave? Those two beautiful copper pot stills. Ah, uh, yeah, a thousand Lovely. liters. Lovely. The UGs, mate. The UGs on there, beautiful. Yeah. Um, Check but yeah, out it's the UGs great. on them. But it's well worth going down and have a look at this because it's all under one roof and it's very hands on and they were. No, the tour's fantastic. Yeah, so I, I just want to picture the scene. This is in the middle of an industrial estate. It's it surrounded by um, car body works, repair shops, and a peanut factory. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry, Nick. It's fine. It's fine. And then there's this tiny little sign. It says Bimba. 
And it's like, oh, there it is. Found it. Yeah. Um, and then it's all in this, it, it's a tiny little place. It, it literally, I couldn't believe it. Like um, imagine a small church hall kind of size is probably total, total size. It's tiny. It's tiny. But the smell, the moment you walk in is just overwhelming and delightful. It is, yeah, yeah. We could smell it. We knew we were close, didn't, couldn't we? Ah, oh, it we was could so smell good. It, that fruity, fruity barley. And and the whole time you're there, what I liked about now, I, this is actually the first ever working distillery I've been to. I've only ever been to the Jameson's historic distillery in Dublin, not not where they make it now. The the old place they've yeah. got a bit left, and there's a tour there. So this for me was a, a new experience, but. I have done wine tours and port wine lodge tours and things like that. And yet this very much felt like we were, well, because we were, we were in the middle of the factory. Like we were there. It was all going on around us. We were in the, danger it of was being, being run over by a forklift. Or being included in the next batch of whiskey. It, like, it, it was happening right in front of us. The stills were running right there. The new make was pouring out of it into the into the containers. Mm. Uh, it, it was all happening there in it. They were bottling it up. They were getting stuff ready to be packaged. Uh, it, and they had, uh, yeah, and yet they, at the front, they had a tiny little bar uh, where they could, you do tasting sessions. Yeah. It was just delightful being around the noise of it all and seeing it all being done there and then whilst we're just in the way, kind of. Yeah, it's so small. You could you'd stand in the middle. You saw everything. There was no w- yeah. walls. There was, it was absolutely, everything was in front of you. They only produce a cask a day to go into uh, the maturing process. Um, yeah. So so I I, I absolutely love, this was one of the best days I've had, had in a while. I actually had a bit of a dip afterwards because this was so much fun. And, and the fact that when, when we started doing this whiskey and things, uh, or the idea came out this time last year that we were going to do a podcast, it, the idea was we were going to do these kind of things. Yeah. Uh, so to be able to finally do one, and it to be as much fun as it was was really was really wonderful. Yeah. Um, so shall, shall we um, should we jump? Have you got anything else, or should we jump into the interview? Not really. No, I was just going to mention that they use good old Thames water. Which I oh think yeah, is which I think is very important. <laughs> well, actually, that was really interesting. What he said. I, I I don't think this came up. I think this came up in the tour rather than in the interview. So yeah. yeah. Um. So Nick asked about the water source because I, for those of you who've been watching the pod, listening to the podcast. You will know that Nick always likes to find out where the water comes from. Yeah, I want to um, see the river. I want to know where it's from. Wants to see the river. And we were told, uh, so Nick asked, where's, where's the river come from? Oh, it's, it's Thames water. And then they pointed to the, the point where it comes in and all, all, all the processing it has to go through. And Matt said, he said, well, it's all for well and good being, being by a river and all that kind of stuff. But no one's allowed in their whiskies these days to just take it straight from source. You're not allowed to just have spring water. Yeah. It has to, because of laws and regulations, it has to have been processed, even if it is really pure spring water. Um, so he said, to an extent, it doesn't really matter now where you put your distillery. No. Which was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. He said in the old days, he said in the old days, it 100% would make sense, mm. but not anymore. Yeah. Yeah, all that's go through the same processes to be purified, um, which was very interesting. They showed this a very lovely black box on the wall. It's like, that's where our water comes from. Yeah. But everyone, if you're in London, book a tour. It's fantastic. And let me know, because I'm just down the road. I'll come along with you. He will. <laughs> He'll love it. <laughs> okay. cool. oh, I will love it. All right. So let's, let's crack listen. on. Let's crack on. There is a bit of background noise going on, because we were chatting at the bar in the middle of the distillery. So we apologise for that. But here is a conversation with Matt Mackay of Bimba. Hope you enjoy. 
So here we are. We're at uh, Bimba Distillery in West London. Um, I would call this Acton. Is this part royal? We call it Acton. I thought North this Acton. was North Acton. Yeah. This is North Acton. It's definitely <laughs> North Acton. And we're here with Matt, uh, who's brand manager for um, Bimba. Head of marketing and communications. Head of marketing yeah, and yeah. communications at Bimba. Uh, so we, we've just had a little tour of the distillery. Um, the smell is absolutely incredible. My senses are going nuts with it's the smell. A, it's a fruity, isn't it? Very it's, nice. It's so fruity. And, uh, and Matt has sat us down here with um, a bottle of their 2020 small batch uh, ex-bourbon oak cast single malt. And we're about to do, do a little sample of it. We are. What does Bimba mean? You said it has, was it Polish origins? Yeah, so company? Bimba in, in Polish, uh, it's pronounced more Bimba, Bimba. Bimba. Um, but it means in Polish moonshine. Right. So ah. if you go to Poland and ask for Bimba, you're, you're, you're effectively, up until we started making whiskey, you were kind of asking for the illicit stuff, the stuff uh, people were distilling in woods and basements away from the prying eyes of the taxmen. Um, but because our heritage comes from, you know, the generational history of our master distiller, whose grandfather and father were making Bimba, um, we've, adopted, we've adopted that name. Um, our logo, if you, if you look at it, it's an eagle. Um, that derives from the Polish coat of arms. Um, there's an eagle on top of the, the Polish coat of arms and it's facing um, to uh, the, the past, whereas we've modernized it and we've, we're facing it to the future. Nice. Oh, good. Nice. nice. Love that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I'm very impressed with everything I've seen today and the, and the process that you, uh, and, and the attention to detail that you take here. Um, so I'm, I, and you gave us, a, when, we, when we first came in, you gave us some of your new make. Yep. Uh, which was so fruity uh, and smooth, bearing in mind it was 60-odd percent or 60, whatever. Yeah, 63 and a half. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, it didn't, yeah I, we, just sh we just shot it straight down, didn't we? And it yeah, didn't blow you, our heads you really off did. Um, <laughs> Were you expecting that? Is that what people usually do when they come no, in? No, normally people come... Uh, there's not many distilleries where you'll go to and the first thing you'll be greeted with is a glass of uh, filling strength new make. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not many places do that. Uh, we always do that because what we want to do is, is tell you about our story and the ingredients and where it's come from, but to give you that experience of trying that spirit and then seeing how we make that spirit and being able to then judge what you've correctly, I think, identified as a fruity character, to then see that translate, that profile translate into the whiskies as you then try them. Right. Um, everything for us comes from the quality of that new make, so it just seems crazy not to let people try it and then be able to see it. Yeah. Um, to be honest, places like uh, Poland, you know, where our heritage come from, people actually really enjoy drinking the new make as it is. Um, so we've done a few bottlings just of that new make spirit to meet, to meet the demand for people who actually enjoy its profile, whether they have water or not, that they find it both fruity and, and, and surprisingly drinkable given the, the sort of potency of it. Um, yeah. But yeah, when you, whenever you visit Bimba, um, it's, it's pretty much going to be the first thing that we offer you and say, hey, this is what we're making. This is how we make it. Now try it as you know, whiskey, as mature, mature spirit, and see how you can follow that journey, not through. just with us through the distillery, but through the glass as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do like these little glasses you've given us, by the way. These Very are smart. Nice. Um, so Ooh. this is 51.8%. Yep. Uh, on the eyes, it's a light, light amber. Do you go with that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, now, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do good nosing because there's so many great smells in this room. I don't yeah. know if I'm going to be picking We're up. We're not going in cold <laughs> or, or, you know. <laughs> uh, what is in there? So, Well, it's fruity. I'm going to have caramel on the nose as well. Is that... 
Is that right? Oh yeah, it's definitely. I got that straight away. Uh, in my opinion, there's there's no such thing as a right or wrong tasting. This note. is true. Your, your oh, so system is unique. Yeah. Um, well, there might be a wrong tasting note. I mean, you know, <laughs> if you're out there saying it, it smells like a rainy day in New York, I might I, I might raise an eyebrow. But but it is a personal thing. So it, it's what you know. Whatever you two are going to get, you might find commonalities. But you're going to have. We're all going to have different things. I've, I'm getting a bit of white chocolate in there, uh, and. But you know, you know Caramac. Remember Caramac? Oh, I remember Caramac. Yeah, uh, and all, <laughs> yeah, there's definitely a fruitcake vibe as well to it. Uh, Mum's Christmas cake is is singing through. Um, if you had told me this was sherry cask, I would have believed you. But it is bourbon cask. There is there is it's that fruity. It's, it, it definitely has that element to it. It's not like anything I've smelt before. That's what I'm, it is um, again. It might be because I'm in the room. It's made, but. Just, you know. No, it is a particularly unique style. Um, although, notionally, if you look at the process that we're going through here from mashing, fermentation, distillation, it, it, it follows the common threads of what you'll find at you know, virtually all distilleries, Scotland in particular. Um, but the, the tweaks and, and, and the uniqueness that we put on each element of that process, from the ingredients, the long fermentation, the customised stills to, to our wood policy, the end result is quite unique. And, you know, as we go through a tasting, hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll start to see, um, you know, those characteristics, that sort of bright fruitiness, that, that richness, the oiliness on the palate, things mm -hmm. like that, coming through on all the different expressions, no matter what wood or, or how we have vatted and married it together. Yeah. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get my lips around this. I'll join you. You ready? Mm. Mm. Definitely that oil, oily on the tongue. Wow, that's coated the tongue. Yeah, it's a strong tingle straight from the off. Um, probably the strongest one we sample because we don't normally do stuff this strong. This is, I don't think we've had anything this strong. No, we haven't. Wow, that's a really long finish. In a really pleasant, pleasant way. But to me, as well. it doesn't. It's not like uncomfortably burning. No, it's very smooth and very, I don't know, very drinkable. No, as as I said when we were looking around the distillery, what we're trying to do is, um, unless it's a single cask release where we're we're looking at the ABV of the cask and and, and providing it au naturel, what we're doing with our, our vatted and married releases is we're working quite hard to add the correct amount of potable water to to allow that spirit to sing as much as possible, but equally not to necessarily say, well, it's perfect as is. Uh, we do firmly believe that um, whiskey can shine in a variety of casts, but in a variety of ABVs. Um, so yeah, you'll, fi you'll find ABVs high, but not necessarily always cast strength. Right? Yeah. So the, uh, the, this is the ex-bourbon oak cast. Yep. We're drinking from now. Um, what bourbon has been in these before? Um, Where do you get your casts from? <sighs> That's one, that one's very difficult to say. We, we source casts from a whole variety of places. In terms of American oak ex-bourbon, you're primarily looking at Kelvin Cooperage, right. which is over in Kentucky, and they deal with um, bourbon casts from a whole host of distilleries. Oh. Um, so we are fairly agnostic to which distilleries we work for. You'll find other, other you know, Scottish distilleries, because they're owned by a big conglomerate, that conglomerate owns a bourbon distillery, yeah. ergo all the casks come in the same place. Totally. We are not. We are um, you know, family-owned, effectively. So what we're looking for from a cask is its quality, its structural integrity, its history. We want to know not just what was in it, but what did that go on to become a make? How long was in it? How much fill? How much was left in it? 
and, and so by and large, we're agnostic as to which distillery it comes from. It's about the quality of it. Um, so you'll find if you, if you dig through the warehouses and look on the backs of casks before they've been, uh, you know, sort of particularly on, on the refills marked with white, you'll still see some of the original distilleries on there and you'll recognize them. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we don't have any particular ties to, to one bourbon distillery or another. It's, it's about the quality and integrity rather than the brand name. Okay. There, there is a strong woody flavor in this, especially on the finish. Mm. Yeah. Um, the, the oak is really coming through. And we, we, we used to laugh when we first when we first started doing this and people would say, oh, you, oh we'd read the notes and it'd be like a wood finish or an oak. We'd be like, can you taste the wood? Yeah. Uh, but as, as our palates are developing, you can. And, and that's really nice. It is very nice. Yeah. In, in a very pleasant, pleasant wood flavour. <laughs> <laughs> and how many bottles of this would you have made? Uh, that will sell and it was 1,948. Wow. I'm impressed. Uh, I'm also a little bit impressed because I started talking and whilst I was saying the number, I'm like, is it right? And because I've said <laughs> it, it so wrong, many times, it, it is right. Could have said anything. Uh, yeah, but then it might have been wrong. Uh, yeah, 1,948 for that release. So uh, everything you'll see from Bimba is, is small. Um, it's, a, it's a function of A, the size of the distillery you're in, that everything's done under one roof. B, the fact that the size of the equipment, um, you'll see bigger stills all over the place. Yeah. But particularly with the ethos and mentality that we put into making the spirit, that it's about the end product, it's not about volumes. Um, and so, yeah, you know, you're going to see releases from a few hundred bottles in a single cask up to a vatting like this, where you're looking at sort of 2,000 to 3,000 bottles, where we've vatted uh, 8 to sort of 14, 15 um, of the same cask type. But really, you're not currently in the sort of you know, growth stage that we're in, you know, we've only, we've only released our first product a year ago. You're not going to be seeing, you know, a limited release of 80,000 bottles ever. We're just not that sort of size. Yeah. That's the thing. You see the words small batch thrown around a lot, especially by the big companies. Yeah. But this definitely um, is, you know. Yeah. I mean, you'll see a lot of distilleries saying small batch and then it doesn't actually tell you how big the batch is. Yeah. So you've no idea if it's small or not. We say small batch, uh, it is, and we'll tell you how many, how many it is, and you'll be able to see that it really is small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, you could walk past this place if you didn't know it was here, wouldn't you? We have, probably. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know why you were wandering past uh, an industrial estate. Well, uh, there's, a, there's a rehearsal there's, studio around the corner. Uh, We've been going to for 15 okay. years We, we recorded uh, the in-session videos just around the corner, and if you remember when yes, I was driving we here, we were driving around because I couldn't find it. Yeah. So we probably drove right past it. We have. Well, now you've made it. There yes. we go. We finally found it. Finally found home. Yes. <laughs> um, you're saying you made, you, you were making gin. Yep. Because I'm guessing small company, you're waiting for it to, your whiskey to age and you can- uh, Completely correct. Yeah. Age. But you're, are you continuing to do, to release your new make? Because that's another way of kind of recouping um, costs. I definitely think you can expect to see infrequent new make batches from us. Um, but it's, I don't think it's going to be a sort of core thing. Right. Because if you think of it this way, every bottle of new make is, is, is one, you know, two thirds of a bottle of actual whiskey that you're not making. Yeah. Yeah. So there is demand for it. Um, we'll always make it because we like to share it, uh, and it and we think it's tasty. Um, but yeah, it, we're not a new make distillery, we're a whiskey distillery. So okay. it's very much uh, something to, for those who want it and enjoy it, we'll make it for you. Um, for those who want to visit us and learn about us, we'll make it for you so you can appreciate that journey. Um, but it's, it's not going to be, hi, welcome to Bimba Distillery, here's some new make. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. It, it's not what we're about. We're about trying to, uh, to elevate the ingredients beyond their, you know, 
whiskey is quite humble if you think about it. If you think about the free ingredients to make whiskey, they're all very humble, common things. Uh, and our job is to try to make them less humble, to make them elegant and delicious. Yeah. And what, um, what yeast are you using? Are you particularly uh, picky um, about the, the, the yeast? Yeah, so our yeast is a, a little bit of a secret. Effectively, it's a combination of distillers and baker's yeast. Mm. But um, yeah, there's, a, there's not much in here that we don't provide the full spec on. Uh, that is one of the things. Yeah. In Scotland, for example, they don't, no, they don't pick and choose yeast as much as they do in America. With bourbon, they're very picky. And yeast is a massive thing. Yeast is a thing for various reasons. One, because of the flavour that it gives. And if you ever do any home brewing, uh, if you want to play around with yeast there, you'll find huge differences in the beer you're making. And the same is true for making whiskey. But also it becomes a function of yield. And a lot of strains that are used by big distilleries, they're used, yes, because they get the flavour that they want, but also because they have maximum extractability in yeah. terms of conversion. Um, and so it does become a factor of yield. Uh, again, we are, we are not bound by that because we'd love to make more whiskey, but we want to make whiskey this way. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, we could probably have a, a more efficient yeast. Uh, we choose not to because we want this yeast that we use to create this exact product. Yeah. Do you sell um, casks as well, or are you, are you not into that kind of investment process? Um, it's not really a not into that investment. It's again a function of size. In the um, that's what I thought. You, you know, we've we've exploded onto the market, and demand for bottlings is is so high we can't keep up. Similarly, demand for casks is so high we can't keep up. Right. Um, and so we are generally not selling casks, and we're definitely not selling casks to private individuals. Not because we don't want to. It's because you, where you, would you put them? Well, and we yeah, don't and have them. Yeah, you know, yeah, we're yeah, filling yeah, yeah. we're filling a cask a day, yeah. and every cask that that we provide, as, as as friendly and as generous we want to be, is one that we don't have to play with to make you know the whiskey that we want to release. In time, you know, as we lay down more stock. Sure, absolutely. You know, it's a function of a distillery to support independent bottlers and to offer more options. Um, but at the moment, yeah, we, we, we're just trying to produce as much whiskey ourselves. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just can't be giving away casts left, right and centre. Yeah, yeah. Um, as, as much as we recognise that there's a big market there for people who um, either want to bottle their own or that, you know, they want to do a new make fill and then come back in 20 years time yeah. for, you know, their child's birthday. Um, we, we totally get it. Um, it's, it's really tricky. I mean, whiskey, whiskey is a category, as you've probably picked up in the last, particularly in the last five years, the whole thing has exploded. Um, you know, I remember when I first got into it 20 years ago, and if you want to buy a cask of whiskey, you could just go buy a cask of whiskey. Yeah. Uh, that is not now. It's, it's competitive, um, and yeah, demand for it is really, really high. So, you know, we're trying our best to manage that doing um, casks for, for festivals, and for well-known whiskey shops and brands, okay, um, you know, because we recognise there is value in other brands, you know, bottling a bimba, um, yeah. and that's great. Um, the Selfridges release, for example, Southport Southport Whiskey Festival, that's an amazing cask. Um, but yeah, there, there has to be a sort of point in line where it's saying, sorry guys, no more, because those casks we actually want to lay them down and see what bimba tastes like at seven, eight, ten, twelve yeah, yeah. Yeah. years time, and so we have to make that decision to. You know, yeah. to, to, to be somewhat limited. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's also very clever marketing because... Why, to, thank you. To put yourself in those, those areas, like Selfridges is, is, a, is a good brand to be associated with and a high-quality brand. So, therefore, to say we sell there and they've got, a uni they've got their own cask from us will then make people come and find you on your own as well. So, early doors in your business plan, that's a great idea to have, to have 
got involved with that kind of yeah and it's all it's all really policy. i mean it's really grown i mean i mean luke will remember when we were here talking about the first release and having a launch party and say here we are we've got our first whiskey and and as i said uh, a while ago that was less than a year ago mm. and, and so that journey is you know we've really exploded and and it's partly due to just a general interest in whiskey drinking outside of scotland and that is a new thing i mean if you go back in time and you said whiskey you'd just say scotland bourbon in america you might say irish yeah. if you're in the know you'd say something about japanese whiskey um <laughs> but now actually england is starting to to develop a reputation and um, which is great because england does have uh, 200 years ago there was quite a lot of distilling going on in england and it disappeared out um so it's great that it's resurging and it's great that you know bimba can be right at the forefront of, of the resurgence in english whiskey it's a fantastic feeling when you have a new bottling they sell out right away. Yeah. How do you get your hands on one if you want one? Do you have like a mailing list of people you yeah, know will want so, them? Or, great question. You know, that is a good question. How, how, um, how can we get our hands on it? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would say the best chance of getting your hands on it, there's no guarantees because, you know, there are more people who want Bimba than, than we're making, making whiskey, um, is um, a membership option we have called Bimba Club, spelled nice. with a K. Um, it's a lifetime membership whereby you join, we'll provide you with a welcome pack with some samples. You then will get some access to bottlings, we'll give you advance notice. But the particular thing that you'll get by being a member of the club is we're producing bottlings specifically for that club. Nice. And oh, they will nice. come with your membership number on them. So you get first refusal on a bottle and you can't get those anywhere else. Um, we start, it was amazing. We started that club back in May. And we've got over a thousand members. Wow. Um, which wow. is just, again, it's like, wow. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. There will never be single casks because they won't provide enough bottles. Uh, but the great thing about a growing membership is, you know, if you've got another 200 members, you just add another cask into the mix. So, so there'll be marriages of casks. But yeah, they'll be produced specifically for Bimba Club. And that's the one place where I can say hand on heart. You're going to get a bottle. You will get, you will get some Bimba because we're making it for club members. Yeah, Other amazing. than that, um, yeah, watch us on, on social media. Keep your eyes out. Um, I wish we could make more. I wish it was easier. Um, <laughs> one day. Um, but equally, you know, I'm quite <laughs> happy standing here. And, you know, it's a good problem to have when you put up a whiskey. and It sells it, out. It sells out and people love what you're making. That's a nice problem to have. So it's I'm not, not gonna, just that it's selling out. I'm not going to completely apologize for yeah, it. It's not that it's just selling out, though, is it? Every time I'm seeing someone talk about it, it's positive. So it's obviously new product. People might be like, oh, we'll try that. It's not much of it around, so it sells out quick. But then for the second and third and the fourth one to go, because the, the reviews are so high and the fact that you're, you're from, from a, almost a standing start, you've got a thousand members of a club, a lifetime club, that that's obviously shows the quality of, of the product. Yeah, I think you're spot on there. I mean, you know, you can say all sorts of things about what we're doing here and how traditional and involved the process is, how, how lovely our brand ambassador is, and he is lovely. But at the end of the day, um, it all goes, it's all a testament to the quality of the spirit. Because yeah. if you can have the best marketing, the best people, the best tour, but if the spirit isn't exceptional, eh, you haven't got much, really. Yeah. Um, and we're really fortunate here that the team do just the most incredible job making uh, an incredible spirit. And, and that is, that's for me, is where the foundations of, of Bimba have been, are, and will be in the future. Fantastic. Nice. Can you give us a sneak peek of what you have coming up? We'll even give you a little taste. Ooh. So oh, wow. um, this is coming out next week. Um, so nice. I will tell you that. all about it. <laughs> um, so earlier in the year, we uh, produced um, 
an Oloroso finish, so whiskey that had been matured in ex-bourbon and then finished in a Spanish Oloroso cask. And that was produced for the European market. And people were really sad because it sold out really quickly and we knew it would. So we straight away got working on laying down um, the finishing cask for the second one. So this is Oloroso cask batch two and this is being produced for the UK market. Wow. Um, effectively, you know, we will keep, keep producing them, but we can't put it all out at once because, yeah. because we're only a little distillery. Um, but yeah, this is coming out next week. Um, it's bottled at 51.7%. And yeah, um, if you look on social media, there was a little teaser for it earlier today that I put up. Oh, um, we will be sure to share that. So yeah, this, because of its finishing cask, it has somewhat of a different profile. Um, you'll still get that, that fruity character of the, of the spirit coming through, um, but the sherry finish has added quite a lot of additional richness and sugar and different type of fruit, sort of more dried fruit than tropical fruit. It, it definitely... Uh, no, is it, no, it's not any dark. It looks roughly the same on the eyes. Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's been in the, um, oh, the Oloroso wow. for you know, a, f a few Ooh. months, but not, so it, it, it's extracted flavor rather than color. I mean, yeah, often yeah, if yeah. you're taking color, you're also taking tannins. Yes. Uh, but you won't find this any more, any more tannic than any of the other whiskeys. It's taken the, the flavor of that precursor cask of that sherry. Right. Well, I'm guessing you're not using coloring at all. No, 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 no coloring, no, no chill I filtration. Don't insult no. you by asking that. Just no, that's all right. Of course, a lot of people do. Oh, wow. That's, that's incredible. I think I prefer that to the, to the ex-bourbon, and that was great. So mm. It's just got that little bit more, isn't it? Mm. You're right. It's definitely more dried fruit on the nose, for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. That's an experience, that is. Oh, that's one for a, for a cold night. Mm. Isn't it? <laughs> and they're coming. Cold nights are coming in. Yeah. That's delightful. Oh, a, a toasty toast kind of vibe on the finish for me i'm getting that as well now you've said it the sherry casks they're not um like retard or anything that's how long have they been empty by the time you get them uh, not long at all um we any type of cask we want it as quickly as possible and we want it with some liquid still in that grain yeah. we want to keep it wet um because if the cask dries out and it contracts in the hoops that's when you're going to start to get integrity problems right. so um, we're, we're always looking to get that cask in as quickly as possible mm. to make sure it's expanded in the hoops and then to fill it. Yeah. Mm. Um, so yeah, they don't, they, they don't sit around long at all. Um, hard to say how old these casks are. Um, they're not necessarily um, vintage sherry. Uh, the Bimba Selfridges Oloroso release, that was a, a vintage Gonzales Bias, so a very specific type of cask that you can see up in the back racking there. Um, these ones are, um, I won't say more mass-produced, but they're, they're, they weren't released as a vintage sherry. They were more released as their own type of vatted product. Um, but yeah, they would have had um, the precursor liquid in them for a decent amount of time, quite a few years, longer than the whiskey. Um, and yeah, they've been used as a, a finish for around four months. Um, so the ex-bourbon has gone in and it sat there um, for additional maturation for about four months. So the whiskey is three and a half years old. Right. See, it just... It's too smooth to be that young. Very good point. Yeah. It doesn't taste like a three and a half year, does it? But we, we said the same about the Cotswolds distillery stuff, because they're, they're, yeah. they're similar age to... to exactly. A, probably a little bit 
I've been around a year or so longer than you, maybe, I guess, but um, it's still young whiskey, isn't it? And it's and very smooth. Just goes to show, doesn't it? It's what you're doing with it. It's what you're doing with it, mate. It's what you're doing with it. And the attention to detail that we've seen here today, it's no surprise. Totally. I love this, this operation that's going on in here. Do you, do you know what I like most about being here? Is it's all happening. Yeah. But it's a working distillery. While we're here, nothing's stopped. No. Nope. Everyone's moved around us. We've been in the way. We've been massively in the way. <laughs> we have taken liberties. And they're kind. I've, I've been up a ladder. Yeah. Um, whiskey is being made yeah. whilst we're sitting here. And yeah. I think that's... You might find my keys in there in a couple of days. <laughs> a time. very special release. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What is this with the Japanese symbol? I can't read it because I don't gin, have my glasses it? on. So this was a gin that we made. This is uh, the Hong Pao. Uh, and this is a gin that has been flavoured with uh, oolong tea that we roasted. Um, this is super, super popular, this. Uh, and has won, won a few awards in the, in the gin world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as, as, as I said, back, back in the... Uh, Back in the day, uh, when we were waiting for our whiskey mature, to mature, like uh, a lot of distilleries, we uh, produced other spirits. We did have, um, if you look online, you'll find older photos of the setup. We had a, um, a column still, a continuous still, which sat in between yes, the two I pots. Yes, I saw that picture, yeah. Uh, that, that's now gone, that's been sold. We're not, we're not using it anymore. Um, but yeah, we were making um, those type of uh, column spirits when we, uh, we Got first started. started, yeah. Yep. And the fact that they did well and they won awards probably helped with the launch of the whiskey, I guess, as well. Yeah, I mean, it gave, us a, it, it gave us a bit of a name. And so people could taste some, something from Bimba, not whiskey, but they could taste something from Bimba and say, wow, this is quite nice. This is nice vodka. This is nice gin. Caring this attention. Is nice rum. Um, we're so excited for the whiskey to come. And then, and then come it did. And yeah, um, here we are. And yeah, we can't make it quick enough. Except we don't make it quick enough. So <laughs> <laughs> those, those, those two things don't really. Can you make it quicker? No. 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 Sorry. <laughs> of course. Uh, yeah, I'm. 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 I'm, I'm happy. Made, I'm made up. I'm happy. This is wonderful. Thanks so much for having us. And Thank you. Most welcome, guys. Tour. It's a real pleasure to have you in. Um, uh, yeah. I hope, we hope to see you again. Yes, we'll be keeping an eye on you, as we wander around the real <laughs> the. Uh, <laughs> it, sound, it, it, sound, it sounds ominous, but uh, yeah. I'll look at it positively. Yeah. I'll follow you on Instagram. There's <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with a bit of stalking. It's all fine. You're listening to the Whiskey and Things podcast. Well, well, well. I don't know if people could tell. I really like that place, and I really like the whiskey. Yeah, yeah. Funny enough, you bought everything. Um, <laughs> so as we were leaving, I was like, "Is, is there anything we can buy?" That's the thing. Not really everything sell, no, and everything sells out. Every, you know, yeah. they said everything sells out straight away, but they had a little look and managed to find a couple of bottles kind of tucked away. And we off, both off their, left with one, didn't we? Yeah. And it was off their first bottling. Uh, uh, second uh, bottling. It was after the... Oh, yeah. was it the second one? Yeah. The first, what the one they called first, which came out a year ago. Yeah. That was the first. But this is the one which came out after that. This is their uh, recharred okay. oak casks. Um, small batch and, yeah. and it's amazing it literally is small batch it's 5,000 bottles of this and I got bottle number 94 I got number 96 it's always labelled it's so it, and it's like it says on the it's just ah, it's just so good the packaging everything about it batch number one and, and, and Nick this cork just sounds amazing as well oh that a oh, wonderful end 
feel like I should put some Barry White behind that. Oh, that, oh, that was the money. That was the money. That was it. That was it. We could sell so, that yeah. to a Foley organisation. <clears throat> I did. I did buy the buy the bottle of whiskey that they offered us, and I also bought a bottle of the gin because they they don't make it anymore. But it did win awards, and I know people who like gin, so I because mm. it's a local distillery, I want to support it. I then yeah. got home, Nick, and I joined the Bimba Club. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, sent you a little care package, didn't they? Yeah, for forty pounds, it's a lifelong lifelong membership, and you get a couple of glasses, you get a bottle of the new make, little little bottle of the new make which I have a net that makes uh, me want to just sign up just to get another taste of that to be honest <laughs> have the new make and uh, and also uh, another little sample but I got these two lovely glasses which I, I I'm really happy with and also you get some like uh, uh, from being a member you get first dibs on some of the whiskies and yeah. discounts and all that kind of stuff because it is all small batch and it's going to be club exclusives as well which will be which will be nice but it's all small batch so it's the kind of kind of thing, and it's local for me. I just felt like I had to join it. I they had, had to. to join it. It's part of your heritage now, uh, mate. Exactly, exactly. So um, whilst we're finishing, the bottle we've got wasn't one we tasted in that interview. So no. we will have another Bimber episode some point in the future, which will because be quite Because nice. what I'm really interested to know, because we were tasting in the distillery where it was just absolutely filled with the glorious smell of fermenting we barley were, we were saturated well that's the thing because i don't know it. if my nose being in there really influenced i didn't do many tasting notes because of this because i just think i was just sitting there drinking it and sniffing it thinking this is beautiful but i don't know if this is actually what it's like because it's my uh, old factory just being bombarded with the fermenting tanks you know so i want to open it oh. but i was going to save it You've gone and opened it, Dave. You've gone and given me a massive dilemma now. It's good. How dare you? It's good. What kind of friend are you? Does it taste a lot like the way it was in the distillery? Mate, it's delightful. It is absolutely delightful. Right. It's got all the the, the same attributes that we said, fruity. Ah, ah, the smell, long finish, just amazing. Yeah. Amazing. I'm so impressed by this company. I'm so, I was so impressed with Matt. I was so impressed with what what happened down there. Yeah, it just felt me as much as I was having a good time. I just felt good about being there. It just was nice. It was nice to see a company with a good like they knew what they wanted to do. They stopped doing the gin and the vodka because they want to just make whiskey, and they had to yeah. do the gin and the vodka just whilst they were getting set up. Because Get it's some revenue quick, in, yeah, yeah. But even that won awards. But, yeah, you know they've got an award winning product, and they go, do you know what? No, it's not. It's not what we want to do. Like I like that they're sticking yeah. to their guns. That they're, they're, you know, they're, they're not got plans to grow to be a big company. They want to st- stay at size where they can. It is small batch and it means something. Yeah, and, uh, and the quality is there. Yeah, and, and I like that. I like that a lot. And hopefully, no. hopefully they'll be around for a while. Yes. Well, we'll uh, as I said, we'll keep an eye on them. It sounded really creepy when I said that in the uh, interview. Keep an eye on you. <laughs> we'll keep an eye on you. Yeah. Yes. We will keep an eye on you. <laughs> but um, it, was a, it was a wonderful day. Yeah. But yeah, our first our first distillery. And, and since then, Nick has since sent me a, a map of all the locations of English distilleries. Because mm. this is our second English whiskey. Yep. The, well, the other one being the Cotswolds. Yes. And they've both been good. They've they both have been both good. They've both been good. And they've both and been kind a, of different, haven't they, from Scotch. And yeah. they're kind of, we're getting an English vibe. Is yeah. that the and English vibe, that fruitiness? There's only about 30 or so distilleries, right? It wasn't that many. No, it wasn't it's many. It's definitely, definitely enough that we could collect them. Oh, yeah. 
We yeah. can collect them all. Yeah, there's some lovely ones down in Dorset. That's worth a trip. So yeah, we'll, we'll have a few day trips. Uh, few maybe a few other trips. Oh, I'm just excited. The whole thing got me excited. It got me excited about the podcast. It got me excited about whiskey. I'm now a member of a whiskey club. I'm now a member of a whiskey club. I mean, it's just wonderful. It was just a great time. It's just nice I'm, to I'm, know that uh, that kind of thing will be uh, possible at some point. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit of a taster. Um, yeah, but it's fantastic. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll be sticking up some pictures here and there of our little of our visit on our socials. Um, so keep an eye out for those. If you want to find out more about Bimba, you can visit www.bimbadistillery.co.uk. On Instagram, they are at Bimba Distillery. And on Twitter, you can find them at, at Bimba London. Whiskey! Yeah, so next week, what are we doing next week, Nick? Back to normal? Normal show. If I remember rightly, you said we're doing monkey shoulder. Oh, I got the bottle here, look. Yes, I <laughs> thought it'd be good. Because we tried our first blend a couple of weeks ago. Or a few weeks ago. There, the Hibiki. But um, we haven't ventured into Scotch blends yet. So I thought a good place to start would be the Monkey Shoulder, which is a blended malt Scotch whiskey. Yeah. Fantastic. A great place to start, I think. It's a space side, right? Yeah. Have I got that wrong? Yes. It's a space side. It's a it's a blend of single malts from various different distilleries. I've I've had it before and I've liked it, but I haven't made any kind of notes on it. So I'm looking forward to going back in there. Diving back in. It does have a great name. It has a great name. Yes, we'll explain that name. Yeah. It's a great name. So yeah, next week we'll be doing Monkey Shoulder and a and a normal show. And the whiskey god will be back. Yes. And Amateurs, see you next week. <laughs> yes, missed him, missed him. Yeah, but uh, we hope you've enjoyed our first distillery tour uh, and let us know what you think. Uh, let us know if you have any distilleries nearby or any experiences at any distilleries which you think we might enjoy ourselves. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And if you've been to Bimba, let us know. Yeah. Or if you're planning on going to Bimba, please definitely let me know. But uh, we, will talk, we will see you next week. We'll talk to you next week as well. Same whiskey so, uh, time, same whiskey channel. Do you in like the meantime, <laughs> Ow. cheers. <laughs> oh my dong! Don't laugh. It will make it worse. Anyway, <laughs> reminds me of my first time. Anyway, um, she was a big lass. <laughs> what? <laughs> anyway, uh, get out of here. Yeah, let's let's sign out. Let's sign out. Ready? So, thanks for coming. Cheers. No, what? Cheers. Thanks Thanks for for coming. coming. (laughs) Whiskey and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.